Yeah, my daughter, my daughter was just talking to me literally yesterday and it was like the first day of summer and the her kids were already my niece and nephew were already or my grandkids my, not my niece, <laughs> but they were already at each other it's like it's day one of summer mm -hmm. it's only day one and you guys are literally at each other's throat she's like this is going to be a long summer oh my gosh you're not kidding <laughs> my little three are all back to back so i have one that's seven one that's six and one that's five so their friends are all like the same kids. So Alex has a friend here and they've been fighting over her, the three of them all morning. Every Karis isn't playing with me. She's not playing with me. She's not playing with me. I'm like, if you guys don't all play together, I'm making you watch a movie and I'm picking it and it's going to be something you don't want to watch. And I'm going to duct tape me to the summer is really hard. <laughs> it's like everybody's eating cereal and watching, I don't know, the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> You're kinder than I am. I'd have them watch like, you know, the History Channel and here learn about the ancient Aztecs. <laughs> That's such a good idea, actually. And that might be put in my arsenal for next time. Like you were all going to go get a bowl of Rice Krispies and you're going to watch the History Channel. That's right. And I mean, we haven't even talked about really the this the the idea of if we have a child who we know has challenges, has behavior challenges um, and and maybe you haven't been in a situation where you could have an early intervention um, assessment for them. So you're sending them to school, but you know, yeah, you know that there's some challenges with your child, but you don't really know what they are. And because you're at home with them, or maybe you find an amazing uh, child care center like I did. Uh, it was actually a blessing for my child to be kicked out because we found the, I'll call it out, Penny's daycare in Mansfield yeah. was phenomenal i can't even tell you just the thing she did was intuitive and she was fantastic i can't say enough about her um but you sometimes you just find great placements for your child but then they have to go to school and now they have to stand still in line and keep their hands to themselves and raise their hand and you know and do all those things and it it can be really difficult um especially in that that beginning uh, and I wonder if sometimes that's why we're told our children aren't mature enough for kindergarten because it's a mask for some of the challenges that they're having. So sometimes they attribute their behavior and inability to sit still and, you know, raise their hand before speaking out, that kind of stuff. If they attribute it to a lack of maturity rather than the challenges that they will have because I know Chrissy and I were talking yesterday about having ADHD. There is no, I am, you know, older than dirt and I still cannot sit still and raise my hand. So, <laughs> I still wouldn't be allowed in kindergarten. Yeah, me either. I would definitely get kicked out of kindergarten now. My, Back um, then though, it wasn't a, like really a thing in girls. They didn't, you were just a pain in the butt. It wasn't yep. that there was like a disorder, then you hit middle school or, and then it became a child. thing. <laughs> it just depends on your age. I know they were like, oh, you're every single report card was like, doesn't stay in seat, you know, talks a lot, but it would be like all talks A's, bad behavior. C in behavior, <laughs> A's in everything else. My Elliot, who's nine now in third grade, I know going into fourth grade, he, um, when he was in kindergarten, it was the second day that the teacher walked him out and said, 
we some we need to do something. And I was like, oh, here it is. I thought this would have happened yesterday. <laughs> and she said, you know, he we he you need to get him seen. You need to call somebody. We can do it here on the school level also, but you need to also get him, you know, he needs evaluated something. And he had been in same thing, preschool, pre-K. He had several, but they worked with him a little differently. I think it was. And once he hit that public school setting, yeah. The 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 requirements that they wanted of him were not um the edges weren't like kind of rounded off like they were in pre pre K you know preschool it was very like you need to do this and X Y Z and what like you said walk in this line and sit in this seat for three hours and don't move and you know what I'm saying and he he couldn't do it he couldn't do it um so that was you know the start of getting him his diagnosis and his help sorry Tracy. <laughs> No, I, I'm always on delay, so it's always my <laughs> fault. <laughs> but, you know, I was recognizing what Christina said, because in kindergarten, it was uh, my daughter's um, first time in that full-time uh, school. And the teacher at the end of the year came up to me and said, I do think that you need to get her evaluated for ADHD. And I'm not supposed to be telling you that. Um, but I always thanked that teacher for recognizing, especially in a girl, that she might have ADHD, you know, um, because I think that it's so stigmatized that it's only affects boys. And um, my daughter absolutely showed those signs of that hyperactivity um, along with the ADHD the ADD part of it, but she had that hyperactivity. She could not sit still. And that summer before we got her evaluated, I can I can remember it was so difficult for her, you know, to stay focused on anything. She tried cheerleading and she was like, no, I want to try climb the tree yes. instead. <laughs> you know, and I was so I there's you know, parents out there, you know, I always try to, you know, let them know like to talk to your teachers and talk to your school and not to hide the fact of the struggles that you face at home because sometimes you know teachers may not recognize um what they're they're dealing with at home very true yeah what is different I, I, sometimes like in school versus at home because you can put on you know a little bit of a mask at school but as soon as you come home that mask falls off and you like fall apart so what they're seeing in school sometimes is not the same thing that you're seeing at home because I know for a good while in my life and my young, my oldest daughter, same thing. Like she was able to like hold it together until she walked out the door. And then when she went and walked out the door, it was over. Yeah. We had, I, I will tell you, so, you know, sending my third kiddo to school, I felt a little confident, especially because of my background and what I was doing for work and the, the learning that I had been exposed to and was lucky enough to, to receive. Um, and I talked to my son's school all the time. It was the same school that my girls had gone to. We knew the teachers. Um, and I found out that the school had labeled my child the bad kid from a family friend who was standing in the hallway talking to a, a teacher. And the teacher said to our family friend, Oh, you're going to have to watch out for that one because he's he's going to be like he's he's trouble. And when I heard that, then, you know, you hear you get it through the grapevine. When I heard that, I was like, 
I was really angry because I had been in the school. I was asking for help. I was on top of things. I was, you know, talking to them. And I'm like, wait, you guys never told me that this was happening. And why am I here? You know, then, of course, in a small town, you can't call out how you heard things. Um, mm -hmm. But but I was like really upset because the school was just labeling him and putting him on a track rather than doing anything to attempt to reach out to offer help to support us um and and so it was just it was just not a, a really helpful situation so certainly my advice to parents is to always trust your gut mm -hmm. and do some digging and ask around um but you know do you guys have one tip now, looking back, having been through kindergarten numerous times, that parents could give, could we could give parents for some ideas for the summer to prepare their themselves, their family, and their kiddo for kindergarten? Yeah, I Teresa. Would, I would just say if you have a little one that is entering into kindergarten in this next school year, um, I think it's important not to focus on schoolwork all summer, but to maybe, you know, sprinkle in a little bit of, you know, what they've learned in preschool or something like that, because they do, they regress. We, you know, all kids do at any age level going into school. Um, and it just helps them to be a little bit more confident going into the school year. And also prepare before that first day of school of nighttime routines maybe going to bed, you know, at like a decent time, um, not like it's summertime still, but get onto a school schedule a little bit yeah. before school starts a few weeks, just so that it doesn't hit them blindsided so quickly. Um, and another thing that I've done, and I do this with all my kids, even just going into kindergarten, is having everything prepared in the morning. Um, so it's not so chaotic, you know, book bag, clothes ready the night before um, so that everything's right there. And, you know, there's not that like scrambling in the morning, because if you have a child who has any type of special needs, that can always add extra kind of stressors and anxiety to them in the mornings. And it's, it's been very helpful for us. That yeah. was what I was going to say is routine is huge. We don't even get off the school routine for the summer. They go to bed at the same time through the summer as they do through the school year. They get up at the same time. They still lay their clothes out. They still get their water bottles out and put them on the counter, like the same things all summer, because I need that routine. And I know that they do too. Like we do well, we're on, it's a well-oiled machine. And so if we mess up for three months, then it's going to take us just as long to get back into the swing. So we just roll with it. It's crappy sometimes because my kids are up at seven o'clock every day. Yeah. And it, it, at the same time, like, then I don't have to worry about the month before school, getting them back into the, the routine. Yep. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Tracy, any wisdom to share? I absolutely agree with both Tracy and Christina, um, because we also had to have everything laid out the night before. We could not wait in the morning. Mornings were already hectic enough. Um, so I love the routines. I always try to have them go to some type of summer program. I know that at one point, like we went to, she went to, um, thankfully at that time, there was like an ADHD camp um, and they didn't say it was 
just that, but it really focused and included that ADHD um, diagnosis in the camp. Um, you know, music therapy during the, the summer, get them involved in some type of activity during the summer to kind of keep them, you know, involved in something because otherwise they're going to be at home going, I'm bored. What can I do? And and then that's focused on <laughs> us and we're trying to keep them occupied While and we're busy. Working. And sometimes we just can't do that. So absolutely try to yeah, try to get them into like a YMCA program. You know, I've already looked that up. Um, <clears throat> see if there's any kind of like that music therapy or, you know, drama therapy, anything that can help them to kind of get that schedule for the summer. And and thinking about it and talking to friends now who have um, kiddos who are starting kindergarten, if your this is your first time getting your child into kindergarten as a parent make yourself aware of what they need to know when they start kindergarten and what they're going to learn in kindergarten i've had a i've had a couple of conversations with friends who were like grandmas and and uh you know like aunts of uh nephews like nieces and nephews who are much you know there's that distance in there and i'm hearing from a lot of first-time parents like wait i didn't know that my kid needed to know their address and their phone number and how to tie their own shoe and like all that kind of thing when they start kindergarten if 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 you're thinking even if you are a young parent right if you're thinking oh they taught kids all that stuff when you know when they went to kindergarten kindergarten is now equivalent to what halfway through first grade used to be even if you're a young parent so make sure your children know things like you know nowadays with cell phones you push a button i i do not know people's phone numbers <laughs> I, you know i mean again there's a lot of things that have fallen out of my brain but um Make sure that, you know, it, it might not be something that you would think of, oh, what's mom's phone number? Make sure that they know it. Make sure they know their address, their emergency contacts, um, have emergency plans with your children. If if I can't pick you up, so-and-so will pick you up, and this is like our, our family password that nobody else knows in case, you know, somebody else has to pick you up unexpectedly. Um, and the big thing that I'm hearing is... Think about what your children are exposed to. If I have to hear one more story about kids in kindergarten, going into kindergarten, preschool, playing um, squid games, like I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I'll say it, I'm a little bit horrified. We had a call a little while ago with um, some uh, teachers and they were talking about how one of the big problems that they're having in kindergarten is when they play those kid games on recess, children having meltdowns going, no, that's not the way you're supposed to play it. You're supposed to die at the end. Oh my goodness. Why do children know that? So maybe, especially if you have like an age gap in your children, um, maybe your older kids watch things that are maybe not kindergarten appropriate, really have a talk with your children about that because when they go into kindergarten and look, we understand as, as moms and we understand that sometimes our kids see things in different places that we never would have thought, but you have to have a conversation with your children about things that we never would have thought about. You can't take toy guns to school. Don't talk about dying. Don't talk about, I'm going to kill people. Maybe 
it was normal when our kids were little to run around and play, you know, like, like guns and shooting people and stuff. And nowadays that's, that's just not going to cut it. So think about, we have a, a short clip um, on YouTube of our training that Rick Lavoie offered, where he talks about um, the hidden curriculum in a school. And so think about that hidden curriculum of where you're sending your child. What, what are the norms? Will, will a teacher kind of laugh it off and call you and be like, Hey, do me a favor, talk to your kid about not talking about squid games at school, or will your school have a meltdown and you'll be called in for a meeting with the principal, the school counselor, and like, you know, half the, in the school building. So Mm -hmm. That would Most be my have that like zero tolerance policy now right. on anything like that, any kind of threat. It doesn't matter, even if they know that it wasn't meant the way that it was said. It's zero tolerance straight across the board. Um, yeah. which it's so a you different world. Prepare yourself and prepare your kids for that. What's like appropriate to play, what's appropriate to say, um, things like that, because it does make a difference. Because they and could be saying same- something and not mean anything by it, but it does. And not know even your know. audience, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it. You could, I, I think that it would be really normal for some families to send the kids off to grandma's for a week and grandma gets all the cousins together. And maybe your kid plays a game with their cousins that, and they don't even know what it means, but, you know, it, school is, is less tolerant than it was the the rules are different if if you haven't been exposed to what kids learn in kindergarten the fact that if it's a full day kindergarten they may not take a nap so if you have a a child who is tired who needs that nap you may want to kind of start thinking about how you're going to wean them off and adjust their bedtime so there really is a lot to think about tracy this is another weird like not serious thing but something that made a difference for my kids work with them over the summer on being able to open their own things, Uh, being able to put their own straw in their juice box, being able to open their own Cheez-Its, being able to open their own stuff. Or when you pack their lunch, open everything and put it in a a Ziploc bag, take their juice box and put it in a container that they can open themselves. Because sometimes there's so many littles that can't do that. They just won't eat if they can't open it because there's nobody that they can get to open it in that 25 minute lunch that they get. So that's a tip if you don't have, you know, you've never done this before is teach them to open their own stuff and be able to get their own lunch together on their own because they might not always have that help. That's an important one. Yeah. Tracy, you you were going to say something. Yes. Something that I've also heard a lot um, since we've kind of come out of the pandemic is um, teachers and daycare centers are also struggling with kids not being socialized with oh, other yeah. kids and maybe even being um, kind of on the, um, what is it called when they, they're not socialized with yeah. everybody else. And so I would really encourage people just to, you know, parents to kind of get their kids out during the summer times and, and socialize because that is definitely something that the schools are struggling with. Um, that when they get to school, you know, they're, they're farther behind than some of their Absolutely. other peers. That's what I was trying to find. <laughs> they're, they're behind, you know? So, you know, because COVID and everybody was staying in their houses, a lot of the kids that might be going into kindergarten now, 
they were in the house for so long. And so I think that a lot of kids right now are also struggling with that socialization and maybe even having some of those um, early signs of um, anxiety and separation. Teresa. Um, I would just say just a little bit of information kind of based off of what Christy said, though, is also dressing, pulling up their pants, make sure that you work with them before they get into kindergarten. Because I know over the years with my children, teachers do not go into the bathroom with them anymore. They do not wipe your child. They do not pull up their pants. They don't even like to button their pants. So if a child cannot button and zip their jeans, I would say for a period of time until you can master that with them, get something that does not have that on there. Absolutely. You know, and also same thing with tennis shoes. I know my kids were not shoe tires in in, um, kindergarten. They make so many shoes that do not tie or you can slip on because teachers tying 15 or 20 kids shoes, you figure two shoes for each kid, 20 different kids a day um, definitely takes time out of their, their day. So just, Kind of think about those kind of things. If your child is not on that mastery of, you know, the occupational of being able to, you know, clothe themselves, pull up their pants, you know, um, tie their shoes. Just think about those to help them, you know, during those days for if they need to go to the bathroom or, you know, whatever with their shoes and whatnot. And a play kind of on what you said with the occupational stuff. Terry, don't be afraid of services. That's another um, tip that I have is like, I was kind of appalled when my daughter hit kindergarten and they offered her occupational therapy and speech. It was my oldest. I had no idea. Um, And then she got them and it was amazing, the transformation. And then with all the other kids, I was like, give them everything, whatever you think they need. (laughs) I want them to have it. Even if you don't think they need it, give it to them. Um, It doesn't mean it's great. All it does is set them up for like a better, easier future. And so many of them need it that there's no stigma really in those little grades because half of them are getting speech and a quarter of them are getting occupational therapy and working on pencil grip and and that kind of stuff. The earlier you can get them the help that they need, the easier their future will be. So if they offer you any kind of of services, I say roll with it because it's made a great difference with all of mine. And the same thing with that, you know, my son was transferred to another school for for behavioral and emotional support. We just didn't fit into our home school. So same thing. Sometimes, you know, if you have a child with severe special needs, maybe your home public school is not the place for them. You know, there are other places and schoolings that are catered and offered for children that do need those and meet those requirements. So also don't be afraid to seek those if you do hit, you know, um, kind of like a wall of not being able to receive in your, you know, home public school, um, the services that your child does need, because not all of them, especially in these small towns are equipped for, you know, the services that children need. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the other thing that, that Chrissy got me thinking about was back to the lunchtime. Your child is probably going to not eat their lunch the first week, maybe two weeks of school, because they're going to be, they, they have, um, that, uh, they, um, it's finally their time to talk, you know, when they sit at the table and now they can finally talk to their friends and make new, you know, and, and all that excitement. And they don't have a, somebody standing over them to go, all right, enough talking now, now eat your lunch. So definitely, um, expect that they may not 
eat their lunch. Maybe if you have like some, uh, if you're going to send them with say, you know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, or I don't know if you could send peanut butter to a lot of schools, but let's pretend, um, cut it up into little, into little bits so that they can pop. Hopefully somebody could prompt them. They'll throw one into their mouth at least, but expect for them when they get home from school that first week to, um, have a snack ready for them, something like maybe a little bit more nutritious than maybe you would have in the future, just because they're so excited and it's the first time they're unsupervised and they kind of get to manage things. They don't realize that maybe they only have 10 minutes to eat. And, you know, that that's not a, a normal at home thing where you're forcing them to shove food down their throats really fast. So that could be uh, something to kind of keep an eye out for. And I will say one of my favorite back to school um, celebrations that uh, I did for years and years, I had a great group of mom friends and I would either take the first week of school off, I would save that and use that first week of school for uh, vacation time. And that was kind of when now it was the end of the summer, so I could really clean my house after the summer, get all the sand out of my house and and dirt. But also, we would drop the kids off at school. We would, even if they rode the bus, we'd all get to school before. We'd park our cars. We'd go and wait and watch them get off the bus. We were we were all a bunch of like nerdy moms, but it was fun. And then we would all go to our favorite local breakfast spot and we would have mom's first day of of school lunch. And it was just such a nice routine and celebration to share pictures and the the silly stories, but just have some time to ourselves as moms finally after the summer. Um, and then, like I said, I would take that when I could, I would take that first week of school off. So I was there when they get off the bus. Only because I learned when my kids were little, when they get off the bus, they have so much excitement and they want to tell you about their day. And unfortunately, if they, you know, if they're home with older siblings or, you know, they're at daycare and you pick them up, a lot of times that excitement has worn off by the time you see them. And that's sometimes when you get the, how was school? Fine. Okay. Whatever. But if, if you have that privilege if you're able to do it and you're there when they get off that bus it's it's fun to hear those stories i was while you were saying that christina i really was resonating with that because i think that too we as parents also have to ha not have high ex expectations of when they get home true um yeah. and kind of let them kind of adjust to coming home from having that long day of school. I know that by the time that my daughter came home from school, you know, it was a very difficult time because she had kept yeah. it together all day. And, you know, and that was early on kindergarten, first grade, you know, the emotions of having an all day school and then coming home, you know, I, I would just recommend like not, in, you know, how was your day? What did you learn? You're like asking all these questions because it was just overwhelming. You know, we had to kind of just ease into it, give them that time to maybe go get their snack after school, you know, take 30 minutes to just calm down and re re recompose themselves right because i couldn't really um bombard her with all kinds of questions right off the bat so kind of just give them a little break after, after that's school too. that's definitely um 
a, a, a been there mom tip. Yeah, that that definitely happens. I would see my son at the beginning of the school year. Every year he would walk in and he would his his shoulders would be back and his head would be high. And within two or three weeks of school, you could actually see the change in his physical appearance where he looked beaten down where his posture changed and he was more slumped over and his head was down and he was dragging and, and he didn't have that excitement. So for me, at least the, that's why I took that first week of school off just so that I, I've had that opportunity to kind of enjoy those first couple days before things fell apart <laughs> and got really challenging. Cause there's that novelty of the newness, but yeah, yeah, that, that's a definite, yeah, and we kept doing that yeah. throughout. Oh yeah, it never school. ends. I mean, like we still, do, you know, it, it really, and it also took some information that we could give to providers yeah. too, and the school at one point to say like homework was, you know, extremely difficult during that time, and kind of talking to the school about how long yeah. it could take. Um, but yeah, we we've kind of had that break time after school for the entire time she's gone to school because it's yeah. just been so hard. So take that yep. break. Yep. Take that break. <laughs> Any final words of wisdom on back to school ladies? Any words of encouragement for parents to get through the summer? <laughs> I would just say just remember that <laughs> our little our little children going into kindergarten, they're little versions of us. They're little tiny humans too. You know, don't try and put too much on them cut them a break every once in a while, you know, remember that, you know, they're, they're little, like I said, little versions of us who think of, you know, all the stressors that we ourselves may feel or go through and just give them a little bit of grace every once in a while and always be there to pick them back up and hold their hand because, you know, they'll definitely need that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.